History will record with the greatest astonishment that those who had the most to lose did the least to prevent its happening. Well, I think it's time we ask ourselves if we still know the freedoms that were intended for us by the founding fathers. Welcome to the Andrea Kay Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and 102 pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea Kay. Welcome back. This is our final hour of uh, election, special election coverage tonight, the uh, California recall election. It looks as though Larry Elder is speaking. Uh, when we we will keep our eyes on that. If he concedes at this point, we will let you know. It is myself and Ed Martin. We've got uh, continued coverage tonight for the next hour, including some great guests. So, um, Ed Martin, glad to be spending this evening with you. Um, it's yeah. Inter- we thought it would go a little yeah. differently. We yeah. thought it would go a little differently, but um, here we are. Yeah, here we are, and of course uh, the. The autopsies are beginning, uh, a lot of criticism of Larry Elder. However it turns out, and I'm hoping he's not going to concede, because I think what he needs to do is make sure and do his part uh, for election integrity, and that's to make sure that every vote gets counted before, um, yeah. because that's, that's important for election integrity. And for, as we, as what, you know, what Tom was talking about, you know, yeah, there's people that are staying home because they've lost you know, confidence in the elections, but those of us that came out and voted, we want our votes counted. Whatever the outcome is, and we want every vote counted before the outcome is determined. Um, some interesting things happening on Twitter, um, and including uh, jokes about U-Hauls. You know, Gavin Newsom has already said this means a vote yes for science, um, yes for women's choice, um, yes for vaccines. Um, I mean, he is going to be doubling down on Californians. And so what might, some good news that might come from this is, um, you know, there's some, you know, it, it might be time for taking our country back in terms of if you don't like what's happening here in California, go to another state and reinforce the red there. Right. I mean, it didn't our founders actually decide, uh, isn't that what a Republican, a Republic is based on? I think that's right. And look, I think you're seeing that you're seeing some of that uh, already. Right. I mean, you're seeing uh, demands uh, from citizens in other states that they step up. I'm I'm really very familiar with Idaho because one of my good friends serves in the uh, in the legislature out there. They're pushing. They're putting uh, protections in against uh, mandates. They're putting protections in against uh, CRT. They're they're building their community there, and people are saying, "Hey, I want to be a part of that." So I think there's some of that that's going to happen. I, I I'm more optimistic though, Andrea. I think these things swing uh, back and forth, and I think California is a tough state because of the size of it yeah. and how uh, crazy the leadership has been to make it a real blue state. I think next year in 2022, I'm optimistic. You're going to see some candidates running statewide, but also in the congressional races, I think you're going to see a bunch of good candidates in the sense that the dissatisfaction with the direction of the Congress is is profound. And mm-hmm. so there's an opportunity for some, again, I told you before, it's going to be a drain the swamp kind of election. And uh, if people will come in and say, hey, Here's a viewpoint, conservative viewpoint. Here's what I'm going to do. Protect elections, protect your freedoms. I think they're going to meet with good success. Yeah. And I think that one of the things I want to point out before you introduce our next guest is that this is not this is not a repudiation of Larry Elder. Okay, Larry Elder didn't get into the race until July. Uh, There were two million signatures to recall Gavin Newsom long before Larry Elder got in the race. Okay, if this does not end up if this goes against if the recall 
fails, that's not on Larry Elder, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, do you agree, agree, Ed Martin, before you introduce our guest? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I look, I agree. And I think, again, the, the only, only other way I'd characterize it is uh, recall is a strange bird, right? You, you're, you're running with 45 other people. Larry Elder was by far the most prominent, raised a bunch of money. But you're sort of running in this sort of mixed uh, kind of mixed electoral arts you know, issue. You're kind of not getting a clean shot. So I think he did great at bringing issues up, being a, a candidate who people found interesting and likable with a great story. And again, I, I'm, I'm saying it again, across the country, when you look up and see a very sharp, uh, interesting African-American Republican who's running with a bunch of ideas, some of them kind of libertarian leaning that are not my cup of tea, but there are other people's and some of them and just a great communicator. It's all good. It's all good for uh, the brand. So I don't think it's his fault at all. I think, you know, again, uh, when the history is written on this, I think you'll find out that there was even more dark money spent than there was, yeah. which means money that's totally outside of the system being mm -hmm. spent to help uh, Newsom hang on because the National Party needed that. Correct. Okay. So, who, you got, um, who you got joining us now? Noah, you got, we got, do we have Lon He Chen yes. up, Noah? Is he here? Yes. Oh, good. Uh, uh, so our next guest, I, I had him on my show a few weeks ago. Some of our listeners know him. Lon He Chen is running actually for California's contro controller position, which is an independent fiscal watchdog spot. That'll be up next, uh, next, uh, November 2022. So he's on the, he's a, a filed candidate. He's running for office. You may know his name. He teaches up at Stanford. He's also a researcher at Hoover. He has uh, been advisors to uh, presidents and presidential candidates all over the place. Really an impressive guy and uh, has a perspective now as somebody who is running for office. So, you know, he's watching this and saying, how does this fit together with next year? So uh, welcome, Lonnie Chen. How are you today? Hey, Ed, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So what are your thoughts? You're watching this and you're thinking, huh, how do I break this down? What are you thinking? I know it's early in the reaction, but what's your, what are your thoughts? Well, look, I, I think it's interesting. You know, I, I've heard a number of interviews tonight with leading Democrats, and they're asked, to, you know, what are the takeaways from this? And, you know, they're saying things like, oh, it shows that, you know, Californians like Gavin Newsom. It shows that Californians don't want change. It shows that Californians want to reform the recall process. You know, I don't see any of that, uh, frankly, Ed and Andrea. You know what I see? I see a lot of Californians believe that there are some things wrong with our state. Now, maybe they're not ready to throw out the governor. Maybe it's the fact that they spent $60 million uh, against the recall, and people in favor of the recall only had maybe, you know, $10 million, so outspent by 6 to 1. But I, I, the lesson I take from it is that we have an opportunity, if we have a change message, which is fundamentally my message next year, and we get that in front of voters to say, listen, do you like the way the homeless problem is being handled in California? If you do, vote for the status quo. You know, do you like the way the wildfires are being addressed? If you do, vote for the Democrats. Uh, do you like the way that crime and public safety issues are being handled? If you do, vote for the incumbents. But if you don't think that that's being handled well, and I would venture to guess that the majority of Californians don't think it's being handled well, then I think it's time for change. And that's one of the arguments that I think we need to take to voters in a very direct way something I plan to do in my campaign, and I think it's going to resonate. Uh, again, we're, we're talking with Lonnie Chen, and, and his website is chenforcalifornia.com, C-H-E-N for California.com. You can go check out more of his policy positions. Um, how, when you watch this, um, though, you say, well, 
it felt like a lot of people wanted change. It, it felt like it was set up almost like the recall is, is sort of want to change. And I, I want to go back to, I think what you alluded to, if at least six to one outspent, I think it's probably again, when the history is written, if it's ever clearly written, it's probably 15 to one, because I think there was plenty of, yeah. you know, uh, of the, of the sort of, um, Democrat money spent on things like teachers unions or unions taking the day off and all that kind of stuff that helps, right? They went all hands on deck. Uh, and how, you know, how, how do we overcome that? Again, um, that's a, a factor that's become more significant in these elections, especially when the elections become about a system, you know, in other words, the system, mail-in ballots and harvesting ballots and managing that, it's, uh, it's, it feels more daunting than ever before. Well, I think part of it is, you know, definitely the, the money difference, it matters in politics. And when you have the other side, right. you know, six, seven, eight, fifteen to one, whatever it is, you know, at some point you got to say that's a race that's going to be really, really hard to win. So the first thing we have to do is we have to energize people who want change. And, and, you know, whether it's contributions from people who are willing to kick in a couple bucks or people who want, you know, change and are willing to do more, we have to be able to raise enough money to have competitive campaigns. I mean, that's something I have been focusing on, communicating the message, raising money. We've been successful so far. And I think there's other candidates who will do the same. And in a full-length election, in a regular election, uh, that financial difference is something I think that's a gap we can close. And so that's something we got to work on, first of all, is raising money right. and building organization. But the second thing I'll just say is, uh, listen, I think if people come away from this election with the idea that somehow, you know, folks aren't fed up with the stuff that's going wrong in California, they're just wrong. I mean, I, I think they're going to be in for a rude awakening next year because there's a lot of Californians who say, listen, um, despite what the, the people in charge say, Everything is not right with this state. And what they're looking for is an alternative. We have to present, Ed and Andrea, we have to present an alternative and say this is what governance looks like when we've got a check and balance in Sacramento, when we've got someone who's actually going to account for all the money that we spend. And, and I think as long as we have that message combined with the resources to put together good campaigns, I, I think we can win. I think it's going to be a good cycle overall next year. I mean, people look at Biden. I agree with you on that. Again, we're talking with Lon he, Lon he Chen and uh, Chen for California uh, dot com. Uh, real, qu real quick, two more questions. One for me, one from Andrea. Um, do you think I know controller doesn't quite fit, but where you're touching the money for the whole state, it, it might work. Uh, I think somebody's got to get creative, uh, Lon he on the question of confidence of voters in the elections. Uh, it's not only the Texas uh, system, you know, passing laws, because that's not going to happen in California. It also may be that candidates run and say, hey, look, I'm going to make sure that the system of elections is auditable, for example. It's able to be more transparent so you can feel confident about it. Don't look back. Don't try to figure out what they did, you know, because I, I think that's a trap yeah. in terms of the politics. But I, I wonder how you feel about that, because the, the base of the Republican Party, whatever that percentage is, you know, in any state is it just feels like they lack confidence in the election system. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that's a big problem because we need a system that's transparent and people need to have faith that the system we have is one they can trust in and believe in. And when, when people lose faith in the system, uh, it, it, it's a huge problem. So we have to be able to create a system. I, I come back to the transparency and accountability point. You know, when I look at how some other countries conduct elections, 
I see massive transparency. I see everybody can go and see how the votes are being counted. All right. I see, right. you know, votes being counted in front of people accounting for exactly what's happening in the, in, in our system. Unfortunately, there's far too much uh, darkness. We need more light and we got to right. figure out a way to make sure that that happens uh, in future elections. Yeah. All right, Lon, he, I think you got to go to do a TV interview too. I, Andrew, I don't know if you had one question I was, uh, I wanted to follow up, but I know Lonnie's got to run to TV. No, Lonnie's uh, got to run. Something? Yeah, not really, because I mean, he answered. He answered the questions, and you know, we need accountability, okay. and we need we and we need smart people handling the money, and there is a taste for that here in California, regardless of what happens tonight. So, um, I support yep. you. All Lon right, Lon, thank Lon you. He, thanks for squeezing us in, Lonnie Chen. Again, he's running for controller. Go to ChenForCalifornia.com dot com to learn more uh, and to support him and see what's going on. As he said, uh, there'll be a conventional, not a recall, but a real a normal campaign coming up over the next 15 months. Thanks, Alon. He appreciate it. Hey, thanks, guys. Thank you. All right. We're going to take a break. We come back. Jen Kearns, GOP strategist, and she was the one who helped get Proposition 8 through here in California. So she knows the state well. She actually worked uh, in Sacramento during the Schwarzenegger reign, and she's going to weigh in on and give us her thoughts after we come back from the break. Stay tuned. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter and Instagram at Andrea K Show, spelled K-A-Y-E. And connect with her on OurFreeNation.org. You're listening to somebody who tells it like it is. Andrea K on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's special election coverage of the California Recall. And if y'all needed a little bit of good news out of tonight, here's the good news. Kevin Faulkner is not going to be... <laughs> governor of California. I know he's a Republican. I know my buddy Tom DeBacaro was friends with him and so many other people that I know in the Republican Party here. But let me tell y'all, he stood on the, on the beach with a microphone and told people they weren't allowed to sit on the beach. They could only... Keep Rhino, excuse me. Yeah. Spent $40 million of taxpayer money to house 900 people in the convention center and now they're back out on the street after $40 million and the loss of the convention center. So, you know, he didn't deserve to be governor. Uh, so enough on that. Um, there's somebody that has been on the Andrea K. Show many times who knows California politics well, even though she's not lo- not living here any longer. And of course, I'm talking about Jennifer Kearns, host of All American Radio. It's All American Jen, and she joins me now. Hello, my dear. Hello, my heart is with you guys <sighs> in California tonight. It is. I know how disappointing it is. Trust me, I have won at the ballot box, and I have lost at the ballot box. The nights that you lose are always very, very difficult. So I'm with you guys in spirit. What do you think as a GOP strategist who had some success here in California, Proposition 8 being one of them, um, the state's changed a lot since you were here. What's your take? What's your hot take on what happened here with this recall? Well, the numbers are stunning. Uh, As you see tonight, it wasn't even really close. And I, I do think that the California GOP has some explaining to do. Uh, They were saying as recently as five days ago that uh, it was a close race and that in GOP speak among strategists usually means you're within five to seven points. Um, Now, it could be that that was the truth, but um, it might have been that Biden and Harris and AOC and all of the other people chiming in could have given Gavin that last minute push. But we have to be really, really honest in the wake of, of this recall about what the situation really is in the state of California. Here were some of the numbers that really shocked me. Um, Orange County, with two thirds of the vote in, uh, was was predominantly no in the California recall, about uh, 
two-thirds of the results in in Orange County, uh, it was already trending no in the California recall. Orange County, 15 years ago, uh, which is where I got my start in Orange County, and then I lived, of course, in San Diego many years, um, Orange County used to be the number one most conservative uh, district in the nation, most conservative county in the nation. And for it to go so quickly, uh, so broadly, to no on recall is pretty shocking. Uh, San Diego, same, same numbers. There were some really big stories, I thought, out of San Diego tonight. I thought this was the most interesting. Um, another interesting takeaway, San Diego also uh, among the top one or two reddest counties in the nation just 10 years ago went 60% no on recall. And here's what's most interesting. You were just talking uh, about Kevin Faulkner there. Kevin Faulkner actually got trounced by Larry Elder in his hometown. The uh, former San Diego mayor's constituents obviously don't think highly of him. It wasn't even close. So not only did... uh, San Diegans say about 60% no. Um, they actually went for Larry Elder, 43%, uh, and Kevin Faulkner, uh, less than 17% pretty early in the night. That is a dismal number. That doesn't surprise you or me, who for years has known that Kevin Faulkner is, is a rhino, a Republican in name only. Um, he has always been sort of a people pleaser. Um, he's always tried to you know placate the left. The homeless mm-hmm. situation in San Diego was terrible. Um, But, boy, this really tells me this. Um, When you try to out-liberal the libs, you never win elections. Uh, Look at Larry Elder's numbers across the state and across these counties. He did better in all of these contests than the oh-so-moderate, oh-so-caring rhinos. Uh, And I think that is very instructive to to people who want to run for office, people who want to fund people who run for office and people who run the county party apparatuses. This is a very important point. Um, when I was in California, when we were, uh, I was the PR gal for the Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association. We did a ton of, you know, anti-tax initiatives. We fought every tax increase. We fought, you know, even more than tax increase things. We, we chimed in on cap and trade, a bunch of things. When we talked to voters on the actual issues, issue by issue and not as a you know, party political issue, and and we behaved as uh, conservatives. People actually responded to that, and we won um, all of our races on issues for. I think it was an eight-year streak or an eight-election streak. That yeah. is significant. Those are some of the lessons we need to learn. It's not about trying to be Democrat light. We need to really differentiate ourselves and let our conservative uh, colors shine. I agree. Do you, Ed Martin? I do. I think, um, you know, I think the question is, uh, as, as we're talking about, is how do you uh, put together the votes? It, it, you know, it, it is about the issues and all that, but you have to figure out how to add people to the, you know, votes. And I, you know, I worked for the late Phyllis Schlafly and she, I often say she, she would say the greatest um, experience was running for office. She ran for Congress twice and losing because if you win, you think you're a genius, you know, you go on to say you're a great strategist and all the rest. If you lose, you, but you have a feel for how it works and you have to, to get to 50% plus one, you don't con- convince 50% plus one that you've got all the answers. You convince a bunch of different groups that care about issues to get you to 50% plus one. I think that's what, uh, you know, California has to do. And, and, and as you allude to, you don't do it by running soft and saying, let me let me appeal to the squishy middle because you don't get the votes from the sets of groups along the path. There's no 50 percent plus one that re- elects a Republican in a state like California 
on mush. It's got to be on a series of issues that are agreeable to people. And I do think in 2022, there's a, an opportunity to be at the certainly at the U.S. House races uh, to be against the direction of Biden and the Kamala Harris administration and make an argument there. But uh, one of the dangers we've talked about it over and over tonight is that the California GOP is nowhere to be found. Right. And uh, that's that's very difficult for yeah. for uh, building uh, the 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 kinds of momentum to win races. Right. And I think that uh, what Larry Elder did and, and the reason why he shot to the top of the pack is because much like Trump, um, he uh, he defied labels. He wasn't about labels. He talked about the issues. He didn't look like uh, Mitch McConnell. Right. I mean, here he, he's a black conservative. And, and what what I think hurts so much is and, and this was not a Larry Elder failure tonight. This was a failure on on. Yes. On the recall. So why did that fail? Because um, Jenna Ellis is completely wrong, as well as Kira Davis on their take, which is Larry Elder nationalized the election. No, he did not. He was 100 percent. He did not take debate on the Texas abortion laws. He said that is not what this this recall is about. That's not about California. It was the left that nationalized this. They made it about Trump. They made it about MAGA. They made it about another January 6th insurrection. And the Republican Party did nothing. In fact, it was Kevin Faulkner who joined with the Democrats to bring out some ex-girlfriend and her crazy, insane uh, accusations against Larry Elder. They were actually Kevin Faulkner and Republicans were a part of that. And it was like um, Kevin Faulkner behaved like a boyfriend was like, well, I'm going to go ahead and murder suicide. If if, if I can't have her, nobody can. So I'm going to murder her. So that's kind of what Kevin Faulkner was involved in. And that did some damage to Larry Elder and to the yes on six. And meanwhile, the Republican Party was nowhere. Well, it's interesting you mentioned this about the candidates. There's another tale uh, that I think is very telling tonight, and that is Caitlyn Jenner way down the list yeah. in the California recollection results. Uh, last time I looked at the L.A. County Registrar Recorder's Office, Caitlyn Jenner was receiving less than 1% of the vote, <laughs> and that is in her home county of Los Angeles. So this tells you, right, uh, when you come out of the gate and you have some of the stumbles that Caitlyn Jenner's campaign did, uh, and you don't know the issues and you're kind of uh, you're kind of uncertain and you don't want to say the wrong thing instead of just coming out and saying, hey, I'm an unabashed conservative. I have been for years. I'm an Olympic athlete. I care about California. We're going down the tubes like that should have been Caitlyn Jenner's message. But less than one percent in your own county. I mean, th- this is really, I think, some of the takeaways of tonight. Yeah, I agree. You, Ed Martin, thoughts? Here. Yes, I, I, we forgot to talk about Caitlyn Jenner. It is one of the more spectacular rises and falls. I mean, <laughs> she, she had the point. <laughs> yeah, the world's greatest yeah. athlete from hero to zero, man, from hero to zero. And a part of that is yeah. because um, I, I don't think people really took Caitlyn Jenner seriously because it seemed as though it was the it was the um, celebrity. Uh, I want to run just because you know I interviewed Caitlyn Jenner. I got the exclusive, by the way, down here in San Diego, and there was a whole film crew there. I had to sign a release right for the documentary so i i think i think some of the missteps were really that it was pretty obvious to people out here in california that it wasn't really a sincere uh, effort you know particularly since caitlin uh, skipped off to australia to do 30 days of big brother australia so uh, the result but but it's good news because if this was 
uh, just about celebrity, right? This goes to show that for Larry Elder to get 46%, the important takeaway from that is it was because the this constituency here was desperate for somebody who spoke about the issues, articulately made it about the issues for California, not about party. It wasn't about labels. And it was what really what the voters you know, we're, we're clamoring to hear not about celebrity, not Democrat light doesn't work. And I, I think that's that's good news in a sense. Do you, Ed Martin? Yeah, I think so. I, I have to say one of the things that happened in the last few weeks of this, and I wasn't too close to it, but I was reading it. I was reading the the uh, coverage because I knew I cared about it and, you know, all the way across the country here. But um, but I, I worry uh, that, you know, the the Democrats were able to play the sort of Trump card and distract from some of the issues. And so uh, even though Larry tried to stay on message, you know, the, the Trump card was played, which helped, I think, energize some of their base uh, and get them out. Um, and I also think that the, the COVID question is a confusing one to message correctly for the Republicans. Obviously, you know, I'm offended by the mandates and I'm offended by the overreach and I'm offended by the hypocrisy. But a lot of voters are afraid uh, of the health issue. They're afraid of uh, the covid. That's just the reality. So how the Republicans and there's a reason why the White House is sending Biden out to talk about covid all the time. He's not talking about anything else. He's had he's not even trying to brag about the job numbers if there's there's nothing good to brag about right now. But there's a few things that he could be telling. He doesn't want to talk about anything. He's just talking because they know changing that subject to that is a heart. It's a harder message for Republicans to make uh, in a way that that uh, whole, that broadens their appeal. I think that's something we've got to struggle with as we think about how to expand the movement of conservatives slash center right folks who are saying, hey, I'm fed up with the direction. I'm fed up with the incompetence. I'm fed up with the corruption. That covid question is a tougher one to break to to see right now. I, I don't know what you think. I, of that. Well, Jen, Jen, can I jump in? Because then I want you to answer to respond to me. Um, I, you know, Ed, we talked a lot tonight about what you talk about on your show, the, the narrative machine. Yeah. Uh, we lost that um, when we gave up the messaging, when Trump went on board with the 14 days to flatten the curve, put Fauci at the microphones every day, who flip-flopped all over the place and politicized everything and was turned into a hero. And then the, we, we, uh, he was able to, once you implant, and I don't want to go too, too deep into psychology here, um, but um, it, once you get somebody's mind in a place to where it, it, they're in their brainstem and they're catastrophizing and they're fortune-telling and they're doing they're existing from a place of um distorted thinking it's it's really difficult to get that back and that's where we're at we've destroyed the minds and the psyches of americans i i i I don't disagree but i just i think we have a a republicans have a messaging problem that they have to figure out because it's i I think it's an issue that the democrats are able to demagogue effectively for all the reasons you just described so jen kearns you're yeah you're a strategist your thoughts on that Yeah, I think Ed is hitting on something really, really important here. I think, in fact, 
Uh, what we saw in the last five days with AOC coming in with messages and, and ads and social media messaging in California, Barack Obama coming on TV ads in, in the state of California, I think this was possibly a dry run, a drill for the 2022 midterms. Uh, there is one reason and one reason that Joe Biden was so willing to come into the state of California. That's because Joe Biden nationally was failing in the polls on COVID with his own base. He had plummeted 10 points in the last seven days, uh, not just because of Afghanistan, but on COVID specifically among Democrats. He was down six points the week before. That is a 16-point free fall in the polls. And the one thing, the, the way they were able to pull the nose up on that plane was to bring it back to COVID. And so I think Ed's right here. Mm-hmm. I, I think um, they came into the state. They know that they've got a winner here because the, the virus is so uncertain. We know it's not as deadly as initially promised, but it is still very uncertain. You've got a lot of families out there who care about this issue and a lot of women voters who are going to be the key to the 2022 midterms who are still very concerned about this, whether it's irrational or not. They're still concerned about it. All righty. Well, Jen Kearns, I know it's super late where you are, Well, which is also where uh, Ed is. So uh, thank you for being here it's tonight. Early here. And, it's early. We're yeah. just getting started. <laughs> and bringing your, yeah, thank you, Jen, for bringing your wisdom. I appreciate it. And y'all can uh, listen to her show, All American Radio. Just Google All American Radio and you can find her, All American Jen, Jennifer Kearns. Thank you, my dear. Thanks. Bye. All right. We got two more segments. I'm keeping it up late tonight. Uh, so stay tuned. Yeah. We're going to be back with two more segments. So don't go away. Get more from the Andrea K show at ourfreenation.org. Just search Andrea K spelled K-A-Y-E. A-K, dynamite and address, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, she's on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back. Ed Martin here with Andrea Kay on the Andrea Kay Show. It's our extended recall election coverage. We, I think Andrea and I thought it would go a little different mm-hmm. tonight, uh, but here we are, and uh, we're going to look forward, right? we got to look forward. And But before, let's let's go back. Our uh, friend Rich Ryle is down at the uh, Registrar of Voters. He's been down there each hour giving us an update, uh, telling us what's going on. Uh, last hour, he was just getting the numbers in and realizing uh, where it was headed. And so, uh, Rich, what's happening down down there to that. What, do you, what can you tell us now? All right, I've been in touch with the people that were, the Hogwash Party and the Recall Gavin Newsom Party. We're not done. We're not beaten. We're not finished. We're going to go back and we're going to decide whether or not we want to wait for 22 months or we want to bring it back to the people and vote again to see if this was really an honest election. There's something wrong here. We all would agree in that. In the meantime, we're going to go out on the street, get the same signatures again. At least that's the talk right now. We are not going to accept Gavin Newsom, and we're not going to accept the hogwash virus, and we're not going to accept the vaccine. Newsom has got some serious problems to deal with when he goes back to see that the medical profession, the, the medical community has, has spoken that they're not going to take the, uh, the vaccine. Everybody that I've talked to doesn't want to take the vaccine, and we thought for sure there was somebody else telling us that it was going to be optional. But we don't have that. All we can do is look for tomorrow. Tomorrow is a brighter day. And the one thing that I do know and the thing that I am so grateful is that I live in the Republic of America. And that means that even though I lost, that no goons are going to come and take me off and put me in jail. And remember the hogwash party principles. Protect the Constitution. That's the single most important thing. It's an honor 
and a duty to serve, not a job. These people look at the elected officials that we have today, look at this as a pension program for them. They don't care about us. But the most important thing at all, and this is what I want to leave with all the listeners, the single most important thing that you need to know about every person you vote to is how they stand on term limits. If we had term limits, we wouldn't have people like uh, Biden as president of the United States. We wouldn't have Pelosi being here in, in California. We need term limits. We need to get people involved. At any rate, this is Rich Ryle signing off saying tomorrow will be a brighter day. The better days and the best days of America are yet to come. Well, well, there you have it. Thank you, Rich. Uh, and it is, uh, I think that's, that's got to be the attitude, right? I mean, I think there's going to be some, um, you know, um, Andrea alluded to it. There's going to be some uh, Monday morning quarterbacking on Wednesday morning. Uh, people that are going to say X should have happened or Y should have happened. Look, I, I think, um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm interested to see how the numbers uh, end up. Um, uh, you know, when we Dean Pete Peterson of Pepperdine, uh, the School of Public Policy mentioned that if it's within 10 or 15 points, it shows a real weakness because it's a stronger state than that. But uh, one of the hard parts is a lot of people were energized. A lot of uh, conservatives were saying, hey, this is a chance. Maybe this is our chance. Maybe this is even our last chance. Uh, it felt like that to a lot of people. And whether those expectations were unreal or not, I think that's how people felt. And we're going to have to see how they adjust to that. But um, uh, it is there's some work to be done. That's for sure. Yeah, I think that um, if I'm honest and I look back on the past month or two, I think that there was a feeling that once the the signatures got verified in the spring, that there was a feeling that it was done, that he was going to be recalled. And I think that uh, the Republican Party didn't do anything to help it, it, at all. I mean, I didn't really see any. I didn't see any. Skins, did you see any ads here in California from the Republican Party to recall Newsom? I don't But I saw ads from Larry Elder. Um, I saw ads from John Cox going around with the bear. But the, I didn't see the Republican Party step in to push uh, for the for the yes. And I think that, the, that we didn't have the Republican Party pushing for it. And I think that. There wasn't, um, from the voter standpoint, there, you know, there was, there was a, a foot, the foot off the gas, to be honest with you. On our side, I have seen ads for Faulkner, Elder, and Cox, all in pretty high rotation. I did not see one Republican ad saying, you need to vote yes on the recall. Right. And so you've got, uh, you've got big tech, you've got the mainstream media pushing out lies that this is, this was a, a Trump, um, you know, uh, the, Republican Party, they, they, I think the left in, in following with your narrative machine idea, which is true, is that, you know, the, I think the left may, had got some mileage out of pushing this as a Republican theft of uh, overturning an election. I think there's a lot of voters that don't really understand that the recall, you know, for all the talk about that there was a recall of Gray Davis, how many voters today were actually around for that, actually remember that? I mean, I think, you know, when you've got the media beating the drum all day long that this is a Republican recall, this is just an attempt to steal it, you've got irrational voters. Um, it's Democrats unify. We don't, Andrea. Right. They unify. They're more active. And this state is an entrenched Democrat state. And there's there's been there's more work that's needed to be done at the grassroots level by Republicans. We have got to get active. You can't sit and think that the only thing that you've got to do is to, you know, show up to vote. And then half the time they don't even do that. 
and what I'd like to add too is if anybody's seen any false reports out there, you and I both both have noticed uh, there has been blurb saying the elder has conceded. He has not. No, he has not conceded. And I will tell you that I don't know what the numbers are actually going to be, um, but the numbers on the TV have not changed in three hours. Or it's been about or almo- 67, 68 percent. Almost four hours. Um, that is not accurate. Whatever the numbers are, the numbers that are on the TV screens are not accurate. Uh, accurate. And that tells me that additional counting is not being done. And, and every, uh, every, because that does affect. Uh, Gavin Newsom's coming out tonight, Ed Martin, and basically saying, I've got the political capital. I've got the momentum. I've got the, um, what's, what's the phrase? Um, the, the mandate. I've got the mandate to basically do whatever I want to do. It's that kind of a landslide. That's why we need, that's why they called it early. And that's why we, we need Larry Elder to not concede until all the votes are in. Because it's like you've said many times here, Ed Martin, if it's five points or seven points, that's not a mandate for, a, for a vax. Uh, that's not a mandate for a vax passport across the state of California. Yeah. And, you know, uh, again, what I, I went back to look what you just said about CNN. They haven't updated the numbers. That, that's that's an example of the power of framing what's mm-hmm. going on because they lock in those numbers, which look so damning. You know, the 60, what is it? 68, 67% for yes. Gavin Newsom or, or I know. And yet, oh, over for the last three hours, that's what people are seeing when, as you point out, there's other days, it's, it's just got to change. And, and so, again, the distrust is is so profound. And, um, you know, we heard Rich Riles report and you could hear it in his voice. Yeah. He's talking about how, well, we know that doesn't seem right. We, we know the intensity of what we saw. What what does this mean? And again, um, that's just a major problem. I started out the show talking about it three and a half hours ago. If you have a republic where people don't believe that the system's working and they grow in their dissatisfaction and lack of confidence, you're risking more than just, oh, who's running things? You're risking more than, uh, and that's a big deal, by the way. Who's running things is a big, big deal. I'm saying you're risking the future of the republic. And, uh, yeah. I, I, you know, Jen said a moment ago uh, uh, that she referred to a, a dry run for 2022. I've never thought, not for one second, that Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, and especially the Biden-Obama White House was going to allow the natural flow of elections in America, politics, which is in the midterm election that the Democrats would lose seats. I've never thought they'd be willing to do that. This is a different moment in history. They're going to do something to to, to make sure that they retain power. I'm talking about the House and Senate. Mm-hmm. And I believe maybe it was a dry run, Jen said, but maybe it's aspects of what they're doing in terms of controlling the election system, uh, distorting it with all the mail-in ballots. Um, we've got, uh, there's a lot happening here. Yeah, there is. I think we need, we've got one more break, uh, before the end of the show. So we're going to take a break and then we're going to, Ed Martin and I are going to give our, our final thoughts on tonight's historic California recall. The Andrea K show strictly adhering to and preserving our first amendment. Follow Andrea on our Just search Andrea K spelled K A Y E. AK, Dynamite and Address, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, don't call her fake news. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. 
Welcome back to uh, our special election night coverage of the California recall. We've only got a couple of minutes left. Ed Martin in a minute. Um, final thoughts on tonight. Well, I think, again, you and I had, um, I think we thought it might go a different way. I think we were more optimistic than uh, turns out. Uh, a couple things I'd flag. One is let's see where the numbers end up at the end of this counting process and get a sense of where the voters really are. Two, I think we need to process the stories, the tales, the anecdotes, and the reality of the irregularities in voting. Again, we'll be told now if you say that you're somehow, uh, you know, an insurrectionist and you're, uh, uh, you believe in the big lie, but I think people need to be concerned consistent on this and go forward. And then look, I, the path forward, there's only one path. It's forward. The question is, what do we do during that? How do people get engaged? And I guess I'd be encouraged people as uh, we, a couple times tonight said, um, you know, there is faith you know, we have faith in the Lord, but we also have faith in America. We got to figure out what to do. I think it tends to be get local mm-hmm. uh, and figure out how to make progress and um, and just keep pushing ahead. And so, uh, I, you know, I think Larry Elder was inspirational in this yes. whole process. And that's a big takeaway for me. He was really a special leader for this moment. And I don't want to ever diminish that uh, value he did. Yeah. In fact, I think we, you know, um, I, I I'm not sure we spent enough time talking tonight um, about him and his campaign. And I'm glad that we're going to end on that note because the left, look at how even with the help of Republicans, they sought to destroy him personally and professionally. And the courage it takes to run for office, especially at that level for governor, is absolutely tremendous. And he did it with character. He did it with integrity. He did stick to the issues here in California and um, held his head high amidst incredible attacks on him. And he showed a courage and i think it should be an inspiration to the rest of us to get active to not just sit back and let other people do the hard work of recovering our nation and recovering our states and recovering our cities i think we all need to be larry elder and we all need to do our our part and be willing to risk being uncomfortable be willing to risk somebody uh not liking us and uh, do our part as citizens and ed thank you for doing your part tonight and staying up late and being with me tonight and helping me co-host this thank you you. thanks to our guests thanks to our call and um, let's keep putting one foot in front of the other and God bless America. Peace out. Love you all.